0: requires cling
1: to the heart Amen. open your Bibles with me to second Corinthians 2 Corinthians chapter 3 as we will be today as we're going through the book of Corinthians. Paul has wrote a letter to the church at Corinth, a letter of love that he wants them to do right, act right, be right and and practice their faith correctly. Amen. So look with me in verse number or chapter number three of Second Corinthians, verse number one. The Bible says, "Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Question mark. Or need we as some other epistles of condemnation to you or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Paul is basically, as he sent forth Timothy sometimes, he would send a letter, letter with them, and this is my brother in Christ, and treat him as such. In other words, a, a letter of commendation, a, a letter of recognition, a letter of saying that I am a servant of the Lord. Paul is saying to them, do I need a letter Uh, Of commendation toward you, or do I need a letter from you of commendation? Now, Paul, they knew Paul very well. Paul started this church, and Paul was setting them straight. And you know, sometimes when you have to lay down the law, if you will, like even with your own children, you lay down the law, it's not easy. And sometimes you will say something to get their attention. I believe that's what Paul is doing here. He's saying, Do I need a letter? Proven who I am, that, that I am an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Lord Jesus Christ? Or do I need a letter of commendation from you, saying that I am that I am? And he says in verse 2, ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. That epistle, as we have many in the Bible today that we can read, that the, the world can read, the church can read, you can read epistles, but Paul says here, ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. And that you could easily say that that is where that statement came from, that you may be the only Bible that people ever read by the way that you act, by the way that you talk, by the character that you have, by the faith that you have, by the way that you are. Uh, He says here that you are an epistle. You are a walking, talking, breathing epistle from the Lord Jesus Christ. And the world is looking at you, by the way, Uh, If you're saved, if you're born again, if you claim to be a Christian, the world is watching you. And it's unfortunate that a lot of times they will watch you and just wait for you to mess up so they can say, oh, look at that. They're wrong, and so that message that they're breathing down my neck, that they're telling me the truth, that there's a place called hell, and I'll go there if I don't repent of my sins and put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if they can reject you, they think in their mind they can reject the message. But the truth is, any preacher, any Christian, is just one beggar telling another beggar where he can get some crumbs. You're just pointing to salvation. You're pointing to the one that can save them. But the world can look at you, and if you mess up, they can say, well, man, look, they claim to be a Christian, and now they shouldn't do that. But the truth is, they do. And the truth is, you did, I'm sure, before you got saved. It's its our human nature. But what a Christian does, truthfully, doesn't affect the saving power and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are simply to be witnesses and witnesses and have a good testimony uh, of our faith. And so Paul is saying here that you you are a walking talking epistle from the Lord Jesus Christ ye are epistles written in our hearts known and read of all men now man's not going to read you you don't have no words but he is looking at your life he's looking at your character he's looking at your walk he's looking at your talk he is reading you and what you're about and if you read uh, some studies done it is it amazes me it amazes me. How quick we are to judge people. There's different studies out there uh, that says that you have made your judgment about that person and what type of person they are and what category you're going to put them in within the first 30 seconds. If you're going to give them a high ranking status or a low ranking status in your thought pattern, within the first 30 seconds. That is astounding, isn't it? Because you can't get to know anybody in the first 30 seconds. You can easily uh, misread them. But that's how we are. That's how our human nature is. And so with me saying that, Christian, what I am simply saying is we should do all that we can to have a good testimony before the world, because they are looking at us. We are an epistle unto them. They are reading our life. Make sure that our life goes in line with our words and our, and our actions. Amen. Because we are supposed to be A good testimony. We are supposed to be a witness. Listen to me. We are not accountable to those people. We are not accountable to the world. We are accountable for what we do in that with our testimony, with our walk and our talk to God Almighty. So what they think the truth is, and I don't mean this harshly, but the truth is. It really doesn't matter. We wanted to be saved. We want them to put their faith and trust in Lord Jesus Christ. But if they don't, that's really between them and God. And the same with you, Christian. When you when you live out your faith, you are going to be persecuted. When you live out your faith, people are going to make fun of you and talk bad about you and run you down and find a way to pick you apart. Because most of the time they are trying to if they can pick you apart, they feel that they can pick the gospel apart apart now that's the furthest things from the truth but if they were truthful with you that's what they're doing and so you're not accountable to them you are accountable to god almighty amen what did david do when his sin with had was brought forth and a light was shining? in he said i've sinned against the god i've sinned against god and that's what that's where you that's who me and you sin against also. That's who we're accountable to. And he goes on in verse number three for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables in the heart listen to what he said, manifestly declared to be epistle of Christ, ministered by us. We are to be a minister of Christ, an epistle for Christ. He says not written with ink. No, it's written on you. It's written on your heart. It's written on your person. It's written on who you are. It's written on your actions. It's written on your words. It's written on your character. In other words, they are looking at that and that we should manifest that, that we are, we are literally a walking, talking epistle of Christ. And that's what Paul is emphasizing here, not only to the Corinthians, but to me and to you also. All scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction. Amen. So this is just as much to us as it is, as it is to the Corinthians. And we are to be a walking, talking epistle for Christ. A minister of Christ. It's not written in words. It's written on you and your life. Verse 4. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our for- sufficiency is of God. Verse number 4 is key he said trust trust have we in christ don't trust in yourself you'll fail yourself you'll stumble you'll bumble you'll fall flat on your face but if you'll put your trust in christ and say i can't do it lord jesus i need you to do it in and through me That's when Christ has the ability to work through you because you've set your pride aside. You've picked up God's will. You've applied it to your life. You're willing now to let him walk and talk and work through you. He said, trust have we through Christ to God. We trust in Christ. How do we get? You don't get to God any other way except through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way. The world's been trying, but it's never gonna happen. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. There is no other way." Right? And he says, "Trust have we have, trust have we through Christ to God." Word. How do you trust in God through the Lord Jesus Christ? How do you do God's work through the Lord Jesus Christ? And I like verse five: "Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. We are not." We are completely inefficient. We are completely lacking of everything it would take to live a Christian life apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no way you can do it in and of yourself. It is absolutely, positively impossible. And I'm telling you right now, there are many in the church today trying to do it. There are many in the church today that are not saved. There are many in the church today that are trying to live out biblical principles in their life and in their home, and they do not have the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within them because they've never truly repented of their sins and put their faith and trust in Lord Jesus Christ. All those biblical principles are still great, but there's only power behind it when you have put Christ, at trusted Christ as your Savior, when the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within you and empowers you to live out a, a Christian life. That is when you can do it. And he says, not that we are sufficient." of ourselves. You're not sufficient. He knew that we are not sufficient. It's only through the Lord Jesus Christ that we are sufficient. It's only through Christ can you die to self. It's only through Christ can you lay down your will and pick up God's will. It's only through Christ can you forgive those. It's only through Christ that you can forgive your spouse. It's only through Christ that you can put your spouse first and put yourself last. Amen? It's only in through Christ that you can do those things to live out the Christian life. And he said... In verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. He says, to think anything as of ourselves. The more that you study the scripture, the more that you memorize the scripture, the more that it will infiltrate your mind and your heart, and it's so it's easy for the Holy Spirit to use it in your life. Amen when it's in your mind and you've absorbed it and you've marinated on it and you've thought about it and you've memorized it and you've contemplated about it and you've talked to God about it and you've prayed about it and you've asked God to help you with it, Lord. And man, that's when God's really getting a hold of you. You got that scripture in your heart and it's like a flashlight. He shines on it and it, it the understanding from Christ shines on that scripture in your heart. That's when you can truly understand the Bible because the Bible is a spiritual. Spiritual book. And apart from the Holy Spirit, you will not understand it. You will not comprehend it. You will not know how to truly apply it to your life. It'll just be words on a page. But when you get saved, oh, there's power behind it. Let me read verse five again. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. He said everything, everything. All my sufficiency, all my mental power, all my being, everything that I am, everything that I have, all the character that I have, it's all, the only thing that makes me sufficient comes from God. There's no good that dwelleth within me. There's no good that dwelleth within you. And I know that it's hard to hear. People love to hear lift me up messages. And I know that that is hard to hear. And you think, what? There's no good in me? But no, there's not. The only good in you is the Christ that is within you. Amen? Our flesh, we are naturally selfish. We are naturally put self first. I naturally want what I want. It's only through the Lord Jesus Christ can I put myself down and pick up God's will and put him first and put others first. The Bible says, Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. And all the laws hang on those two things. Amen? So put God first. But our sufficiency is of God. Verse number six. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The letter. The letter is a perfect picture of the Pharisees. They, they could keep the law down to the last jot and tittle, but they couldn't fulfill the law. Don't get me wrong. They were still sinners, but they put the law first. Now, Jesus came to fulfill the law because me and you can't. And that's why I know that I can put my faith and trust in him. And so the Bible says that he who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Who makes a person a minister? Who makes a person a Christian? The Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that the letter killeth. It tears apart. It's negative. You can never. It's like trying to achieve something that you can never do. And you will soon become distraughtened. You will soon become disappointed in yourself. You will soon become defeated. You will soon get negative. You will soon start tearing everybody apart because it's so easy to see you're this and you're that and you're that and you're this. And you don't keep that. And you can tear them apart with the letter of the law. But the Bible goes on to say, amen, but the spirit giveth life. Amen. Thank God for life. The spirit giveth life. It's like breathing life into your body, into your life, into your ministry, into your home, into your marriage. Amen. Into your walk with Christ. It breathes life. Amen to that and we need that we need that you hear me christian we need that the spirit giveth life we need to be in god's word we need to be praying we need to be fasting we need to be walking and talking with god why because it breathes life it gives life into you into your ministry into your home into your marriage the spirit giveth life the bible says And we need that to live out the Christian life. The devil's going to do everything he can to tear you apart. Many times there was Judaizers, they called them, that would follow Paul around. And Paul would spend a little time somewhere. And these Judaizers would come in behind him. And they would still try to implement the law, that you had to live out the law. You had to live out the letter of the law to be right with God. But the Bible says something different here. The Bible says that that letter killeth God. But the Spirit giveth life. And that's where you have the confusion uh, is from salvation. You've got to to have works to have salvation, but that's wrong. You don't have to do works to have salvation. You will do works because you have salvation, but you don't have to do works to get salvation. There are many uh, people in good Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches today that haven't been born again. They know the plan of salvation, but they've never truly taken it deep down into their heart. How do I know that? Because I was that person. I was that person that grew up in church. I was that person that would go to church. I even had a Bible. But let me tell you, God was nowhere in my heart I'd never been born again. I, I knew Jesus was the only way, but I had never truly repented of my sins and put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But thank God, his mercies are new every day. He didn't give up on me. He didn't forget about me. He forgave me. He got a hold of me one day and I got born again. Amen. And he got, called me to preach. Listen to me, it doesn't matter how old you are, seven or 107, God wants to use you. But the Spirit giveth life, the Bible says. Verse number seven, but if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. When Moses went up on uh, the mountain and God engraved the, the commandments into stone. And I, I often say this. I've thought about this. Why did God engrave the Ten Commandments into stone? Why didn't he come up with some new kind of paper or something really fancy or something? Why did he engrave them in stone? And then it hit me. Or the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You know why? What I What my thought is on that is that we always try to bend the rules. We always try to do what we want to do, but still be right with God. We always want to do what we want to do, but still not get in trouble with the law. We, we want, in other words, the speed limit's 60. We'll go 65 because we know the police officer won't stop us if we only go 65. But if we go five, more than five miles an hour over, we're going to get stopped and get a ticket. You know, we're bending the rules. We're just slightly getting around them. But see, when God wrote those 10 commandments, on stone you can't bend stone you can only break it and i thought wow you cannot bend god's commandments you can only break them and so i believe there's a spiritual meaning to everything in the bible and so you you can't bend the rules a little bit and still be right with god no sir no ma'am Moses went up on that mountain, and uh, he when he came down, his face was shining, and the people were afraid of him. He had been in the presence of God, and his face radiated it. It was glowing so much so that it scared the people, and he had to cover it up. Verse number 8, How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, Much more do the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in the respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. Boy, there's a lot of glory, isn't it? You get close to God, there's a lot of glory. Moses came off that mountain, his face shone, it shined with God's glory. And I'm here to tell you, when you get around God, uh, you're, you're going to shine with his glory too. It's going to rub off on you. You know, who you're around rubs off on you. And when you're around God, he rubs off on you. Moses was close to him and it literally rubbed off on him. He come down off that mountain, his face was shining. And then people were scared and they wanted him to cover it up. And he had to cover it up. But you know what that told me? The closer I get to God, the more I'm going to shine. But the more it's going to scare people and the more people are going to want me to cover it up don't cover it up you let your light shine for the lord jesus christ don't worry about what they say what they think or how they act that's really between them and god you let your light shine amen verse number 11 for if that which is done away was glorious much more that which was remaineth is glorious seeing that we have such hope we use great plainness of speech i like that part we got a lot of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't need big fancy words or need to sound like we're somebody. We can use plainness of speech to tell people where they're saving knowledge, where they're saving power, where they're saving grace, where it can save their soul, where it can give them eternal life. We don't need big fancy words and sound important. No, all we are is an arrow to point to the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't do anything for you. All I can truly do is point you to the one that can. That's all I am is an arrow. There's nothing Special about me. My name truly doesn't matter. The only name that matters is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what you are to use plainness of speech to point people to Christ. Verse 13, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished. It says he put a veil over his face. Don't cover it up, Christian. Let your light shine. And listen to me. If you've never truly been born again and put your faith and trust in Lord Jesus Christ, the day is the day. Fall on your face. Ask God to forgive you. That's repentance. Be sorry for it. Turn from your sin. Say, Lord Jesus, come to my heart and save me. Put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, Of the Lord Jesus Christ
0: we pray you have been blessed by today's message if you have been saved or are in need of a prayer please contact us at 352-247-9200 that's 352-247-9200 thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida. 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry, of Inverness, Florida.